After a five-game losing streak, the Winnipeg Jets have finally rebounded and are on their own three-game winning streak after defeating the Vancouver Canucks on the road. Find out how they pulled it off on tonight's episode of Locked On, Winnipeg Jets. You're locked on the Hockey Jets, your daily podcast on the Winnipeg Jets. Part of the Locked On Podcast Network, your team every day. Good evening, friends, and welcome to tonight's episode of Locked On, Winnipeg Jets, part of the Locked On Podcast Network, your team every day. I'm your host, Harrison Lee, an avid Winnipeg Jets fan and an online blogger. You can follow me on Twitter at HLLivingLoco and at LO underscore Winnipeg Jets. As always, thanks for making Locked On Jets your first listen of the day every day. If you like what you're hearing, be sure to like, follow, and subscribe on all of your favorite podcasting platforms and YouTube. Doing so, of course, is always free of charge and ensures you never miss another episode. Most of all, though, we just love and appreciate your support. On tonight's episode, obviously, we have quite a bit to talk about. Um, the Jets defeating the Vancouver Canucks, really fun. Uh, perhaps some some points of concern for the future, I guess. But uh, overall, right, you know, you really can't complain about a big road victory against one of the top-ranked teams, if not the top-ranked team in the whole NHL. But before we dive into that, just wanted to let you know that tonight's episode is brought to you by Sleeper. Download the Sleeper app and use promo code LOCKEDONNHL to get up to a $100 match on your very first deposit. Terms and conditions apply. See Sleeper's terms of use for details. Now, like I said, the Jets uh, yesterday just finished coming off of a, a pretty big uh, road win against the Canucks, 4-2. to two. And when you look at how the Jets pulled it off, there were some very interesting, I would say, uh, differences in comparison to how they usually win, right? Um, the Jets usually have to score at 5v5 because the special teams hasn't really been that great this year. The power play was like, what, 1 for th- or 0 for 33 uh, coming into this. They had not scored a power play goal, I think, in the entirety of 2024, which... I know it's only like six weeks in, but that's also six weeks in, which is a little scary, right? For the Jets, probably not how you want to uh, kick off the new year. But thankfully, somehow, against all odds, the Jets scored two power play goals, and both of them were actually pretty fun. The first one was a bit of a squeaker. Uh, Vancouver had taken the lead first, and then Winnipeg responded on the power play when Gabriel Velarde kind of squeaked one through uh, Thatcher Demko. It wasn't the cleanest goal, and I think Demko probably doesn't love how he got beat. It was sort of what looked like a harmless backhand uh, where you know, Velarde wasn't even facing the net, and it was kind of at an odd angle, and somehow it just sort of caught Demko off guard because you wouldn't really expect a shot from there. Uh, but Gabriel, of course, you know, got himself on the score sheet, and it would not be the last time that he would factor in on what was a pretty big night for him. The second power play goal, Sean Monahan finally getting his first as a Jet and his first point as a Jet with a great slot one-timer that was very reminiscent of how the Jets used to score their power play goals. Uh, I think it went from Shifley to uh, someone someone below the goal line to Monahan, who one-timed it. might have been Velarde sitting uh, below the goal line behind the net. If you recall, that is a very similar recipe to how the Jets used to score on the uh, the power play on that mythical 2018 team. Winnipeg hasn't done that very much in the past couple of years, so it's nice to see that make a return because you've heard me talk about Shifley needing to occupy that space. Well, if Monaghan can do that in the slot, I suppose we can live with the arrangement as it is. Now, before we get too excited, let's be honest, I think the other power plays and stuff didn't look great. 
Uh, a lot of the same issues persist with the lack of movement. I don't know what Brad Lauer uh, does out there in terms of like his his tactical setup and stuff, but I do think at some point he's going to have to get guys moving. Uh, apparently, he's been fired before uh, for his his power play performances, so maybe this is a consistent issue. I feel like they're preaching patience, and that's not really how the Jets should approach this. So Winnipeg probably going to need to make a change there at some point because the power play unless this starts to really pick it up uh it's it's going to go back to what it probably has been doing the last few months and that's not going to be very helpful in this final stretch run now as far as the other jet schools were concerned two of them came off of the top line after the top line was honestly getting caved in uh i know people say or or will say the jets weren't necessarily outplayed in this game but they were at 5v5 winnipeg kind of got crushed and that's you know it is what it is right i think vancouver plays a very high tempo, very fast game. I think for the Canucks, the one concern they may have themselves is that they play at kind of like a lightning speed all the time, which at some point you do start to wear down. So I kind of wonder once they hit the playoffs, will their stamina and reserves be at a high level? We'll see. In terms of what you know, the Jets were able to do, I would say Winnipeg played this game a lot differently than I expected. Winnipeg seemingly knew that you know, in terms of pace and speed, they weren't going to match up all that well against Vancouver at even strength. So they tried to really muscle and sort of physically impose their will on this game. There were so many fierce hits. Uh, this was one of the most physical games I've seen the Jets play in probably a couple of seasons. It felt more like a Nashville or a Calgary game. So, uh, wow, lots of huge hits, some really questionable non-calls and calls, very um, suspect officiating. They just kind of let the boys play at times, and wow, they definitely played. But the Jets definitely physically bullied Vancouver. I think the Canucks tried to respond, and actually, in the process of doing so, Juleson went for a big hit at the blue line, apparently didn't recognize that he already had one of his teammates sitting there, so he actually took off from his man assignment. It created a two-on-one for Connor, and I think it was either Velarde or Shifley, it might have been Velarde for the first one, uh, that potted a, you know, what was basically an easy tap-in, and then Shifley benefited from that, uh, either either him or Velarde benefited from that same play. Juleson again caught out of position on a two-on-one, and the Jets uh, took the lead four to two. So, you know, overall, right, in the key moments, we saw some big plays from some of our top players. Connor was kind of a ghost in this game until those two assists, so uh, good for him. I guess the concern with this top line is going to continue to be that, you know, other than those two moments, for the most part, they were just not that good. They spent a lot of time in the defensive zone. They really need somebody to, uh, you know, control and exert influence with a puck, you know, in transition. I thought Velarde had his most noticeable game for the past few weeks. He's had trouble kind of fitting in uh, on either line, and I think it's partly because the arrangements just don't really make sense. Uh, and the combos that Bones is, you know, continuing to persist with, not really working so well. But thankfully for this moment, uh, we had a couple of instances where Vancouver uh, sort of took themselves out of the play and gave us uh, a nice opportunity to take advantage, and the Jets absolutely did so, which is a huge confidence booster. You know, Winnipeg has definitely struggled to score recently. They could use some finishing help, and I think they finally got at least a little bit of a confidence booster against, again, like the top-ranked team in the NHL and one that has, quite frankly, embarrassed a lot of very good teams this year. So congrats to the Jets' big win. If I'm going to give a single star to anyone, uh, you know, in particular, I think it's really got to go to Hellebuck. Hellebuck was absolutely monstrous in that, and that's saying a lot because Shifley, 
Uh, Velarde and some of the other guys had big individual performances, especially scoring-wise. But in terms of the person who really put the team on his back, it's got to be Helly. That dude, absolutely stonewalled Vancouver. Only conceded two goals. He is now, I think, on the first or second longest uh, streak conceding three goals or less in history. The dude is just unbelievable. He will be a Hall of Famer at some point, and uh, you can pretty much just give him the second Vezina trophy of this career at the end of the season. I would It would have to be a massive implosion for him to lose it at this point because like everyone just seems to think he is the number one, and he has is showing time and again why that contract that he got might actually be a pretty good bargain. So um, awesome for Hellebuck, awesome win. And uh, of course, you know, things are are rolling right along. Now, I, I mentioned that, you know, I, I have some suspicions about whether the power play and top line are fixed. We'll talk about that in a little bit and why the Jets still need to make a couple of changes and tweaks in just a moment. Before we go any further, though, I do want to shout out our friends and partners at Camino Consulting. How would you like to get to know someone better in an hour than you would in an entire year? Understanding one another better prevents small misunderstandings from becoming big ongoing fights. Whether it's somebody that you're in a business partnership with, maybe it's your significant other and you're not really on speaking terms right now after somebody disagreed over, you know, perhaps doing uh, some of the chores around the house. Well, after providing more than 20 years of service to small and mid-sized businesses, helping management groups navigate conflict and onboarding new employees, Camino is offering a digital seminar for families and couples, you know, the people that you might care the most about in your life. Did your Valentine's gift of tickets to the game not go over as well as you'd hoped? Get the Couples and Family online seminar for 25% off for the month of February using the discount code LOCKEDON. Again, that is discount code LOCKEDON for 25% off for the rest of the month at CaminoConsulting.ca. Or mention Locked On when reaching out for a business seminar and receive the first five profiles free. Be sure to check out Communal Consulting right now to get started on your communication journey. Hello, friends, and welcome back to this episode of Locked On, Winnipeg Jets, part of the Locked On Podcast Network, your team every day. Every day, thank you so much for joining us on tonight's episode as we are diving into uh, some takeaways from Winnipeg versus Vancouver. We just talked about the game on the whole. You know, at 5v5, the Jets perhaps got outplayed, but thanks to the power play finally breaking through, a couple of really huge goals, a couple of critical uh, moments where the Jets took advantage of some mistakes from Vancouver, and just like that, bang, 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 Jets are up for to come away with a big victory. But all the same, right, there's some still pretty big problem areas that the Jets are going to have to address at some point. We'll talk about those in just a moment. Before we go any further, though, one or two shout out something really cool the Lockdown Network is doing. We have launched the first ever national sports 24-7 streaming channel on YouTube and Amazon Fire TV in the free Fire TV channels app. Locked On Sports Today is here for you 24-7, covering the top sports stories of the day with our local experts and our national shows covering every league. Find Locked On Sports Today, now available on the free Fire TV channels app and YouTube. Now circling back to the Jets, right? I just mentioned earlier that the power play also wasn't really fixed. Um, and look, the power play, it. <laughs> so the Jets have this problem where setting up in the offensive zone, uh, especially with the man advantage, continues to be a bit of a dump and chase affair. The problem is, is that the Jets aren't actually very good at dumping and chasing, especially on the power play, right? When you do it at even strength, you'll see the Jets' depth lines really take advantage of their forechecking skill, and they can actually apply pressure and force mistakes that way. When it gets to the power play, it's just a totally different experience. Instead of having controlled zone entries and stuff, the Jets prefer to dump and chase, and usually that just means that it gets behind the net and the PKing team 
just sort of flings it back at the ice. I don't know why the Jets continue to do this. It's a really bad setup, and it takes like 30 seconds to 45 seconds off of every power play almost right off the bat because the Jets don't have a lot of collective team speed. And when they play like this and have to do that, you know, dump and chase requires you to be really speedy to those corners, and the Jets just aren't built to do that. So why force that style? It doesn't make sense. It really isn't how a power play should be constructed. And for the Jets, this is just not the way to, to really go about it. You've got to have control of possession and really try to uh, manage the puck better than just flinging it around and hoping something happens. And then once the Jets actually do set up, there's too much staticness, right? The Jets don't get a lot of off-the-puck movement. There's not as much rapid cycling. The passing takes too long. I just don't understand why the coaching staff hasn't really fixed this and what it is that they're instructing the players to do, because if it's to wait for moments of good opportunity to take advantage, the Jets are going to have to make their own. You know, PK units are, are effectively covering most of the top shooting options. They're cheating towards Winnipeg's best shooters because they know that's where the puck is going eventually. And so when we saw the stuff from Monaghan yesterday, that's like the first moment where I felt, okay, Maybe they understand the assignment a little bit better. Maybe Monaghan occupying that slot space will finally start to open up some opportunities because otherwise the Jets haven't really created a lot, uh, especially on the power play. Too many point shots, too many low uh, danger opportunities, trying for too many tips and deflections and stuff, just not really in the central slot area where you're likely to actually hit pay dirt. So Again, generally speaking, this is like a minor complaint from me uh, because like the rest of the team is is compensating. But um, I, I think going forward, the power play really has to be a focus. And, you know, the special teams can help put the Jets at the top of the central. Like if the Jets even have like a passable power play, this team is suddenly in a different stratosphere in the standings. Uh, Winnipeg really just has to fin fix that. And you know, the even strength play is doing well enough, generally speaking, um, but the power play would be the thing that kind of gives the Jets that cutting edge advantage. Now, the top line, look, I know it had a big, like, multi-point night, multi-goal game yesterday, but make no mistake, it still wasn't very good. Uh, it, it, re it really came down to Noah Juleson making a, a couple of critical mistakes and taking himself out of plays, and the Jets were able to capitalize on that. But otherwise, had Juleson not made those two misplays and reads, you'd probably still see the top line not score. In general, they spent a lot of time in the defensive zone, and you can kind of see that, like, Connor just doesn't really – I don't know what's going on with him. Like, I don't know if it's, like, an injury thing compounded with the way that he usually plays, but he's really been a non-factor in most of the games that he's played recently. He has, like, four total points in his last 11 games, including that two-point outing yesterday. So I feel like the Jets are going to have to find a way to get him going again because he's been – uh, even for his standards, really bad. I mean, you know, he had some really ugly turnovers that, honestly, if Ehlers had done them in front of Hellebuck, he would have gotten benched immediately. And so it's frustrating that we see, again, double standards with the coaching staff. Connor just has not been very noticeable and very good recently, so it was good to see him get those two assists. But I still think you need to swap him off that line for Ehlers. Nick? Uh, Mark and Gabriel all together were just an unholy menace. You can see Velarde starting to get that chemistry back with Shifley. You got to find a way to give that line the elite uh, transition piece that puts them over the top. Because like Ehlers and Perfetti played like 10 and 12 minutes last night. That's just not good enough. And if the coaching staff is going to continue to do that, then Winnipeg is going to have to get Connor off that line because they don't really mesh. I don't care what Shifley is, is asking for. It just doesn't really make sense. I think he 
probably sees it as working a lot better than it actually does. Uh, apparently, partly it's been because he can't always predict where Ehlers is going to be, but I feel like Mark has actually been really good at finding him. Like they interplay off of each other wonderfully. So I don't know whether that's the situation or there's something else going on. I don't know. Whatever the reason is, the Jets are just going to have to start making some tough decisions and kind of telling guys this is how it's going to be because as it is right now, the Jets' top six isn't really functional. It, it's getting caved in. It's not being used the right way. And we're not really seeing them win the matchups, which would actually make the bottom lines a lot more impactful. Uh, you know, the most effective line by goal share yesterday, or at least expected goal share, was like the fourth line. Everyone else generally uh, kind of got beat up by their matchups against Vancouver. And you could see it visually, right? The Canucks were faster. They were cutting us apart. We were probably very fortunate that some of those tap-ins that they tried across the slot didn't end up panning out. Otherwise, the Jets probably would have uh, gotten cooked. So some some points of concern. Thankfully, you know, the next opponent that the Jets are going to face is nowhere near as good as Vancouver is, but it's still going to be a tough game. We'll talk about what to expect against the Calgary Flames tomorrow afternoon in just a moment. Before we go any further, though, I do want to shout out our friends and partners at Sleeper. It's past the halfway point in the season, and the Winnipeg Jets are still contending for not only the Central Division crown, but also they're still trying for the President's Trophy. The team has kind of gone through everything this year, uh, some really amazing stretches, some really rough stretches, and now we're finally in the last stretch of the entire season. But regardless of where we are in the current standings, I want to remind you that you could win big by playing Daily Fantasy Hockey on Sleeper, the official Daily Fantasy app of the Lockdown NHL Network. Sleeper is our number one choice for daily fantasy sports and especially hockey because with Sleeper, you can win 100 times your cash in daily fantasy hockey contests. For those of you who think you know the league and the players better than anyone else, this is your chance to show off by showing that you know and can predict stats correctly. That's right, we're talking goals, assists, save percentage, and so much more. Sleeper has all of their own projections, and if you beat those projections, whether it's more or less for a given game, congrats, you can just be a winner, right? And if you get eight of those stats categories for a given uh, game correct, you could win 100 times your cash. That's right, 100 times your bet with Sleeper. So start paying attention and nailing your picks so you can start winning big with Sleeper. Use promo code Lockdown NHL and you'll get up to a $100 match on your very first deposit. Terms and conditions apply. That is promo code Lockdown NHL. See the upper terms of use for details and locational availability. Hello, friends, and welcome back to this episode of Locked On, Winnipeg Jets, part of the Locked On Podcast Network, your team every day. Every day, thank you so much for rejoining us on tonight's uh, closing thoughts as we are checking in ahead of Winnipeg's afternoon game. I think it's a President's Day thing in the U.S., so like um, the Jets are apparently going to play like a 4 p.m. game, which they almost never do during the week. Uh, for me, who has off, that's actually pretty cool. Uh, but, you know, for the rest of you, I don't know if you'll be off tomorrow. Probably not, so... I will have an episode tomorrow kind of going through what occurs in this game. But, you know, for the Jets, I'm expecting this to be a pretty uh, tight, low event sort of affair. I'm hoping that maybe the Jets offense can get going at 5v5 and start to take over this game. But, like, the Calgary Flames have kind of been all over the place the last uh, few weeks. They've gone from beating the Bruins in really convincing fashion to getting absolutely smacked up by both the Sharks and the Red Wings in the last two games. So, it's really hard to know what you're getting with this team uh, in terms of like the vibes. I would say, you know, Calgary Flames fans are kind of mixed right now uh, since the Lindholm trade. Things kind of seemed OK, but like Calgary is 
in that weird spot of not being particularly great, still within shouting distance of a playoff spot, technically speaking, but they're most likely not going to make it. So the Flames really have to start selling pretty soon. And uh, given the lineups, right, you look at uh, Zary, Kadri, and Pospisil on the first line, Huberdeau, Sharon Govich, and Kuzmenko on the second, Mangiapane, Backlund, and Coleman on your third, and Hunt, Rooney, and Dewar on the fourth. This is a team that kind of feels like, you know, they're really trying to spread out the offense. And I think for Winnipeg, all you have to do is just play smart, play within your game, don't get overambitious, and you have a good shot at coming away with another two points. I think the Flames have, uh, you know, really struggled recently to be consistent. And, you know, looking at the lineup and the skill, there, there's definitely some really great players here. But overall, I think the, the the team is really on its last legs. I think this core is starting to come apart at the seams. And, you know, they're talking about trading Tanev, Hannafin, uh, even Rasmus Anderson recently was rumored to be a potential target for other teams. If Anderson is somebody that they would be willing to move, the Jets should 100% be on that immediately. Like, that's the kind of player where you're starting to talk about trading Barlow and some of your top prospects for him because he is an absolute right-side monster, and I think for the Jets, he'd be one of the most significant additions the team would ever make. I've seen lots of Rosmus Anderson over the years. He's a phenomenal two-way attacking blue liner. He's got a great shot, and uh, I think he plays enough with an edge to where, you know, Jets fans would probably become really fond of him. So Winnipeg, you know, has a really good opportunity to not only – Take on the Flames to get a couple of get a couple of standing points here, but also maybe look for one or two acquisitions out of this roster. Mangiapane um, is still of interest to me. I think he's definitely getting a little bit buried here. Sharon Govich also still really good and perhaps a a legit upgrade that you know the Jets could afford, even though he might be a little bit expensive asset wise. Uh, on the back end, of course, Kristanov, maybe we'll just throw him in the bus and hope that he is willing to put on a Jets jersey uh, instead of wearing a Calgary one, but. Overall, right, I, I think Winnipeg has a good opportunity. The only thing that does slightly concern me is that maybe the Jets uh, get caught up in, in the fatigue of the last game, or maybe, maybe they underestimate this Flames team, and they kind of get caught on counters and stuff and maybe making some sloppy plays. It's happened in the past, not so much uh, you know, this year compared to last year, but Definitely not a team that I would say you can take lightly. They'll, they'll be very physical. They'll be very intense. We know that every time the Jets have played the Flames in uh, the past two to three years, it's been a bit of a bloodbath, and I hope that the Jets can avoid any serious injuries. Uh, I really hope Pospisil doesn't go headhunting against uh, you know, uh, Cole Perfetti again because that did not go well the last time. So let's hope that things are relatively clean and that after all of the intensity and drama of this game against the Canucks that the Jets – just have a nice, easy afternoon game. Um, it's not going to be. It never is. I think we all know that. Uh, and that I'm sure, you know, Calgary will make this as difficult as possible. But, you know, rolling into a back-to-back -back against the, the Wild the following evening, having a nice, relatively straightforward victory against the Flames would be, in my mind, a really nice outing for the Jets. Uh, I don't know if Hellebuck is going to start or if it's going to be Brassois. I could imagine um, Brassois maybe getting the start because the Minnesota game might be a little more intense and a little bit harder. We'll see. Um, but, you know, here you have a chance for the Jets to come away with potentially four, boy four points in two nights. Let's hope that they get that uh, winning streak continued uh, and, and rolling again because, 
you know, the Jets really could use the confidence. Their opponents aren't dropping many games, and Winnipeg still has a couple of games in hand on the division leaders in the Central, uh, so the Jets can really climb up that that ladder and perhaps get back into uh, the Central Division race, which, I mean, they're still very much in, only back four points of Dallas, who's played three more games. And, uh, you know, things are, are feeling pretty good. I think the Jets still have a very good shot at winning the Central. It's wild because they've scored, like, collectively, like, 50 less goals than both the Stars and Avalanche this season. But because they're so defensively stingy, conceding the fewest goals among any team this year, yeah, the Jets really have a shot. So let's hope Winnipeg can, Winnipeg can pull it off. And if it also somehow ends up in the President's Trophy, suppose no one would complain about that either. But... Let me know your score predictions for this game against the Flames in the comments below or at my social medias at HLivingLoco and at LO underscore Winnipeg Jets. I'm going to say um, 4-2 Winnipeg. I think they're going to do it again like they did against Vancouver, although probably not on the power play. I suspect it'll be more at even strength. Let's hope that it's a nice, clean, straightforward, injury-free game. The Jets really can't afford to have anyone get hurt right now. Uh, Barron went out in the Canucks game and didn't come back, so he was feeling pretty ill. Let's hope that he's uh, feeling a little bit better and maybe can return to the lineup. But otherwise, you know, David Gustafson maybe will get the nod. We will find out tomorrow. But like I said, for tonight's episode, that is going to be all the time that we have. We'll have some thoughts on tomorrow's game on the next episode, as well as a preview of Winnipeg versus Minnesota. But we will see you there tomorrow. Be sure to like, follow, and subscribe. So uh, don't go anywhere, but have a great night. And as always, go Jets, go.